And I'm James Valley with news, views, and looking at the law on KJLW FM 94.5. And I have here with me the Reverend Iverson Jackson. And I'm going to let him introduce himself. And then we're going to talk about some important things that he and some members of a coalition are doing in the state of Arkansas. Reverend Jackson, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, good to be with you, uh, James, and be on the program uh, with you again. My name is uh, Iverson Jackson. I'm pastor. Zoe Bible Church, but also I am the uh, chairman of the African American Coalition of Arkansas, which is an affiliate organization of the Republican Party of Arkansas and has a, a, a you know long history of, and our primary history uh, is reaching into minority communities to educate them uh, on things of today in the history of the uh, Republican Party as it, as it uh, um, uh, aligns with the African American community. And the teaching and educating is the biggest thing that we do. Uh, uh, so we do prayer breakfasts, things like that, uh, with leadership, and uh, just trying to get everybody to understand, um, you know, what our how to be empowered in the political arena. Because a lot of times, uh, one group may take us uh, uh, take us for granted. Uh, and when I say us, I mean the African American community. Right. While, while as another group may uh, we feel like ignores. And so the only way that you can really have power in this system is that you know what's going on. You know the history of things and how the system works. So that's uh, really the primary thing we do is educating uh, uh, along those lines. Right. And so now you are auxiliary of the Republican Party of the state of Arkansas. And when do you do you have regular meetings or how do you? Yes, we do. How does the coalition function? Uh, We meet uh, about every other month unless we have an event that well. Committee organizations will meet more than that, but the main group meets uh, once a month. Like we'll meet meeting in uh, July, July thirteenth, I believe that's a Saturday, well, second Saturday of each uh, um, every other month. Right, it's when we meet. We'll meet at the Republican Party headquarters about ten o'clock um, on those Saturday mornings, and then again the um, uh, committees that are working on individual tasks. We'll meet separately uh, from right. that. So that's that's when the main body meets and functions. Like one of the main things I want to talk about this really as far as that that we put on was a fundraiser that we had back in uh, February, and I think Mr. Monday was there. At least he said he was. I think he was there. We had uh, Senator Tim Scott, which is uh, one of from two South Carolina. from South Carolina, one of two only two African American male senators in the U.S. Senate. He was our main speaker there. We held this at the governor's uh, mansion. It was our inaugural uh, event. And so uh, we held that there. And it was a great, great event. We had over 200 people um, there, first class, everything. And uh, he has a very inspiring story. That's what we're reaching out into the communities to share stories like that of someone whose grandfather was a sharecropper, couldn't read, but here he is uh, a generation away and is a United States senator. Right. And so those things are possible uh, for us today. And, right. and, but we have to know um, that it is and how that actually works and how the system works. Right. And senators are deemed to be some of the most powerful people, politically Absolutely. speaking, in yes. this country. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And they've got a lot of bridges and schools and right. everything else named out of them. Yeah. Airports and Airports. all kinds of roads and, so and all kinds of things. Yes. Um, and so, how did that particular function uh, work out for you guys? It was it was an absolute success by every uh, measurement. 
one of the things, uh, uh, James, that I really liked as I was emceeing the program, looked out over the audience, and what I saw just uh, was just a mixture of people. It uh-huh. wasn't a white section of people and a black section of people, or all the white people sitting in the front, all the black, black people sitting in the back, or reverse that. It was just salt and pepper and banana pudding all over the whole auditorium. And that's what uh, um, you know. I want to see not about and not about just African American or, or white Americans or Asian Americans, but just Americans. Mm-hmm. We are called the African American Coalition, not because that's the only people that can be a part of this, but it just really speaks more to our mission. Uh-huh. Because uh, so many people in the African American uh, community, or shall we say, misinformed or don't have a complete picture of the way the system works. And again, you can only prosper on the lines of what you know. Right. And I believe that we should, we got all this freedom of information and so forth, but we still don't have all the information we need to function in that system. And we allow people to make decisions for us that we've not had any input in. Right. And we have to have some input. And you can't have input if you don't know how the system works. Right, you gotta understand how the system yeah, works. Yeah, understand how the system and, works. And, and where you, your entry point is. And where your entry point is. And then if you can't enter at that point, somebody can enter at a different point, but you have to understand that. Exactly. In order to, to get that uh, ticket punch, so to speak. Um, in terms of, you know, historically, especially in Arkansas, mm-hmm. I know that the Republican Party has not had much African American participation. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you convince? African American person to to join with the Republican Party. What would be the um, I wouldn't say sales pitch, but what would be the advantages that you sure. just point out uh, to African Americans who have been in independents or mm-hmm. law Democrats sure. or or soft Democrats, whatever they've been. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. How would you convince them to to align with the Republican Party? You know, uh, we have several members that were in the category, as you said, that of lifelong Democrats. Uh, hard Democrats that that are now Republicans, and that's because there's one thing I don't know if you saw some of the Senate hearings or, or uh, I may not say Senate, but congressional hearings uh, last week about reparations. And yes. there was one man, Burgess Owens, who was on there, and he had about a five minute uh, presentation to Congress, and he said this. He said, "I was a, a a lifelong Democrat until I did my research for myself, and what we're finding overwhelmingly." is that those African-Americans that do their own research and not just go by what the next person says this group did for you or to you or this group did for you or to you, but they do their independent research, being objective and say, okay, wherever it falls out, that's where it falls out. So, yes, so you start, and when you ask the question, how do we, we uh, convince someone or persuade or we just, I just start from the beginning, mm-hmm. that from the very beginning, the Democrat Party uh, was the party of slavery. Uh, this, these are undeniable facts. They're historical facts. There's nothing we can change. It's history. And the, uh, so, so the Democrat Party actually refused to come into the, to form a nation if they could not bring their slaves in with them. So that was one of the first compromises in forming this nation, the United States of America, was that the Democrat Party said you have to, the, the states, the people representing, you know, uh, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, all these big southern states that were slaveholders. Right. They refused to come into the union unless they were allowed to keep their slaves. 
So that was one of the compromises that were made in order for us to form, to actually legitimize this country in the, uh, um, uh, the constitutional uh, uh, thing in 18, uh, excuse me, 1787 and so forth. So, so that's what we have to understand that the Democrat Party from the beginning, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to just malign the Democrat Party. I'm, I'm just speaking facts of history. I understand. Uh, so, so I just want to make that clear. And, and coming forward, then the Republican Party was formed around 1854. One of the express primary express uh, reason for them forming was to put an end to slavery. Is that right? That's exactly right. And you can look it up anywhere. Everybody has a phone. We have, we got the yeah. information of the world yeah, at our fingertips, you, you, so you, you, you can fact check. Yeah. Anybody Google can fact and, check. And Google and, and, and fact check me uh-huh. on that. Okay. Uh, several different uh, political groups came together. Uh, to uh, in, including, let me say this, including some Northern Democrats uh-huh. came together and formed what we now have as the Republican Party. Abraham Lincoln being the being the first uh, 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 Republican president, okay, came in and again freed the slaves. Emancipation Proclamation, eight, uh, January first, eighteen sixty-three. You know, it was written in eighteen sixty-two, but went to effect January first, eighteen sixty-three. So you. So then right after the war was over, of course, then you had all the civil rights acts that were passed, most importantly being the 13th and 14th Amendment, which made uh, uh, all Africans free and gave, made them full citizens. So all this comes from the Republican Party. And then we had this time of what was called Reconstruction from 1865 to 18, uh, for 12, about 12 years, 1877, uh, where black people formed a lot of Republican parties in the South. Uh-huh. They actually formed, and then you even had Southern. Uh, you even had a governor, you know, that was uh, in the South that was a, a, a Republican. So all of our uh, history, our roots are in of progress, I should say, are in the Republican Party. And then after that, of course, we had the Ku Klux Klan came out of the Democrat Party as an extension of the Democrat Party. There's a 13 volume congressional hearing where the Ku Klux Klan were brought before. Uh, Congress and they admitted that they were indeed a part of the Democrat Party to stop the Republicans, which were the former slaves. Now, so all that history, so you have the the uh, 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 Ku Klux Klan, right. the Jim Crow laws, all the laws that keep, kept blacks from voting in the South, uh, the segregation, all of that came out of the uh, Democrat Party. And, and so all the civil rights bills that were passed in the 19th century were from the uh, in amendments that made us free and full citizens came out of the Republican Party. And it wasn't until 100 years later, 1864, when LBJ signed the 64 uh, civil rights bill. So 1964. 19, 19, yeah. 1964 civil yeah. rights bill under tremendous pressure. Uh-huh. And that bill only passed because you had the Republicans that stepped up and even voted, even though uh, uh, LBJ was a Democrat, but you still had the Republicans that had to put that bill over, didn't have enough Democrat votes. And I, I know that, that I believe that uh, that act was part of led to Johnson's eventual defeat. Mm-hmm. And so and Johnson certainly was a Democrat, and mm-hmm. I, I, I realize that. Now, what? how do you respond to a question you may get that the Republican Party of Lincoln mm-hmm. And the Republican Party, even of 1964, mm-hmm. it's not the Republican Party of the era that mm-hmm. we have now, mm-hmm. the present time. Easy. It's very easy. Look at the platforms. Mm-hmm. You, when you look at the platforms, 
platform is it's like a foundation for the house. It, it's what it rests on. Yeah. It says what we believe. Right. When you look at the Republican Party platform uh-huh. from 1854 all the way to the present day, it has been consistent uh, with this rights for all people and support, again, supporting slavery and life. It has been consistent all the way through. You're going to have, I don't care what it is, you're going to have individuals mm-hmm. that don't reflect the platform, just like with the Democrat Party. Every Democrat was not for slavery. Every Democrat was not for Jim Crow. Every Democrat was not for uh, the Ku Klux Klan and so forth and so on. Yes. But because your platform, that's what you move and vote on, then that's what establishes. So you look at uh, the the progress that African-Americans have made, all of the things that were like a first for African-Americans, primarily, primarily, not every single one, but primarily came uh, because of the Republican Party. First uh, federal post, Republican presidents and all that. So that's what you you end up with. And that's why I say that it it is the same because our platform is the same. Yes, people are going to change and you may have some that are deviant from your platform, but the platform is what speaks for the party. Okay. And how? what level do you believe the success the coalition is having in accomplishing the goals of the coalition at this time? We're having tremendous success. Uh, we'll be, uh, and, and, and you guys, when I say you guys, you know, I'm talking about you know, Eastern, Arcan- Central Eastern Arkansas. Yeah, what we call it, the Delta. The something. Delta. We're, yeah. we're working down there with the 1st Congressional District, uh, uh, Anita Wells, Julie Field, uh, John Smith, and some other uh, folks down there uh, working with the mayor of uh, Forest City to have a, a leadership breakfast coming up in August, August the 6th, I believe it is. Okay. Um, a leadership breakfast there with, with community leaders, pastors, and uh, then that will be to to help promote what we call Life Changing Summit, which will be in October. Uh-huh. And that's where we'll bring in uh, experts on how to buy houses. Right. Home ownership is so key, so right. important. And, you know, when you look at history, one of the one of the ways that we really, we being African-American community, established ourselves was in property ownership, right. you know, in business ownership. So we'll be talking about uh, how to qualify to buy a house and to get qualified to buy. A lot of people don't even try because they think they can't qualify. Right. When and well, when most of them pay less than they're paying. They pay less than what they pay. Less in mortgage than they pay in rent. Absolutely. And probably Absolutely. less in mortgage, taxes, and insurance than they pay in, yeah, than mm-hmm. they pay in, in rent. Right. But if you don't know that, Right. You keep making somebody else rich and not right. preparing uh, for your it, future. Yeah, you don't have an, the, the asset that the home eventually becomes. It's, a, it's an asset from the beginning. Right. But certainly as you get closer to paying it off, you, you build equity. Right. Uh, hopefully the value appreciates if you're Absolutely. in the right neighborhood and neighborhoods are being managed. Uh, and we can by, do that ourselves. Right. We can manage ourselves. Right. I, I have this saying, I say, you may not can help where you live. But you can always help how, how you live. live. That's right. And so things that we can do for ourselves, those are, are things that we want to talk about. How to take care of our health. Yeah. You know, a lot of uh, issues that we say, well, you know how, and I'm going to say it like this, you know how as black folks are. No, no, no. It's just a matter of taking care of your health. Yeah. And, and there are yeah. a lot of things that we can do to keep ourselves more healthy and, and keep our minds invigorated. And so we'll teach on finances, on health, on education with our young folks. One of the tragic things of today is the student loan is just out of control. Right. You know, and, and uh, now I, I 
still teach college. I've been teaching college for like 20 years. Oh, okay. And uh, I've been in all different parts of the administration and so forth. So one of the things that you know is that some kids shouldn't be in college. Right. In a four-year institution. Yeah, some a of technical them, uh, college? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are not prepared. They're not prepared. Prepared to and go it's to college. And, 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 and it's just not them. And don't and then they don't yeah, don't necessarily have that kind of focus. Right. And they uh, and you know, here's the thing. We have made like technical schools malign them to where it makes it sound like you're not really somebody this, yeah, somebody yeah, if yeah. you don't have yeah. You know, if you're not going to a four-year college, don't have a degree. But, that's just bonkers. Yeah, but people don't understand the welders are well-paid uh, people. <laughs> uh, commercial truck drivers are well-compensated yes. and get really good packages yes, yes, depending sir. on what company they yes, work sir. for. Or as an entrepreneur, you know, they can make, Big they can manage it. You, yes. Yeah, they can make quite a bit of money. Put your skills yes. to work. Yeah. You people yeah. still have to have a home. Uh, right. Businesses have to have items made, manufactured. Buildings have to be built. All those skills. Those right. are your highest paying jobs now. Some right. of your highest paying jobs now. Right. Uh, a, a, a car technician, they don't call them mechanics anymore. A technician yeah. can make six figures. Right. In Arkansas. Yes. I, I know that because one goes to my church. Yeah. You know, so those yeah. things are possible. So why should a student, instead of making six figures a year, they borrowed six figures to go to college when right. they could have been out making that? You know, some of them right. don't want to be there. The folks just want to be there. So, but give, giving them that information and options and opportunities. So that's what we want to do. And that's what empowerment is, you know, along with that. And so we have some great speakers um, to be there and some instructors and things to help. Yeah. Now, that's a question that just kind of nudges at my heart. And I don't know that the Republican Party, Democratic Party, anybody sure. mm-hmm. addresses this particularly. But in a community like just, for example, Helena, mm-hmm. uh, West Helena, Arkansas, we now have a food desert mm-hmm. in that you can't get fresh fruits, you can't get vegetables, and any of that uh, over in what would be considered, I guess, the east part of town. Mm-hmm. You have to literally travel seven, eight miles to a, uh, the Hayes grocery store or Walmart to get right. fresh fruits. And I don't know what the solution is. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if the coalition or the party has even considered how we're going to address food deserts mm-hmm. you know, throughout Arkansas, because Helena's not unique. Uh, the community of Hughes uh, doesn't have a grocery store. Right. They have to go to West Memphis or Forest City. Uh, and there's some other communities sure. that, that are similar to that. And, and, but, of course, you know, the empowerment is the thing. Is the right. People need to know what the problem is and how they can begin to solve it. And you use the word problem. So what a problem needs is a problem solver. Right. If there is a shortage somewhere, then that means there's an opportunity. Right. There. And so one of the things that I, I like about the Republican platform is we say don't look to government for solutions. Government usually be, it becomes the problem. Mm-hmm. The solutions are in your community. If you if you had a, a fruit truck, this is we have this is a food desert. I understand, right. and everything is consolidating and big. Because I mean, here's the thing: it's it's one word, money. Yes. If a business is open and they're not making money, they're not going to stay open long. Right. And I asked, I was talking to someone and they mentioned, well, you know, these people that got these uh, companies and, you know, I said, I said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why do companies exist? They exist for one reason. Well, to provide a product. That's not why they exist. The product is a byproduct. Yeah, they exist to make money. Make a profit. To make a profit. If they don't make a profit, you're yeah. not going to exist. Yeah. And so we have these food deserts and some places have moved out and, uh, you know, going to to a more populated area, but at the same time, that opens an opportunity 
Now, working government come in there by partnering, by partnering with local organizations and municipalities to see what, what can we do to help a business right. get started and right. show them, train them properly on how to sustain. Right. So, so for example, the fruit truck you mentioned yes. would probably only be allowed to take cash because under the uh, food stamp regulations, mm-hmm. you have to carry so much goods, different right. goods in order to qualify for the EBT mm-hmm. uh, collections or whatever it's called. So if you've got the food truck in a poor area, mm-hmm. which those areas are poor, mm-hmm. then you, you may still you have it, but the people can't right. access it right. through the, the means that they may normally access it. Then you think, so, about, think about this, another, because my mind go to, go to, goes to into high gear when we say stuff, how do you solve it? I was in the military for 25 years. Oh, okay, uh, which retired, uh, Army, I retired as a lieutenant colonel in 19... Uh, 2008. Okay. Uh, and so I go into my problem solving mode. The other thing is you can't get the food to the people, get the people to the food. It, right. it may not be a food shortage as problem as it is a transportation, transportation yeah. problem. So then someone can say, hey, we're going shopping. We got a show. And uh, we're going shopping on these days here, see what days are most convenient for uh, the most people. Right. And uh, and uh, there may be opportunities for a grant or something along that line for someone to buy the type of transportation you need. Right. So like my daughter at her school, she lives in a school that's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. But guess what? They have a shuttles that run back and forth to Walmart. Oh, okay. So, yeah. you know, all a problem need is a problem solver. And, and right. I guarantee they're problem solvers right. in Helena, Arkansas. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And this program, of course, this is James Valley. This is News Views and Looking at the Law. I'm interviewing Pastor Iverson Jackson, who's associated with the Arkansas African American Coalition, which is a subgroup of the Arkansas Republican Party. Uh, do you have a particular title with this coalition? I'm the chairman. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. And uh, this is you all's first year? How long no, no, the, actually, the, the, the concept itself, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, was started by the uh, first Republican governor you know, since Reconstruction, which was uh, uh, Rockefeller. Oh, okay, yes, uh, back in the sixties. Yeah, yeah well, that's but, when we had the Rockefeller Democrats. Yes, yes, yes. So <laughs> yeah. you know, the name has changed a couple of times. Oh, okay, but the mission has remained primarily the same: to reach out, and educate, yeah. and so forth, and and and, and come together, and work in communities with the people there in the community. Right, and I know uh, our current governor is Asa Hutchinson. Yes. And I've had an opportunity to work with him mm-hmm. on a couple, a, a couple of lawsuits. Talk to him today. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Uh, and, and and I know that he's concerned about uh, issues in the African-American community as well as other communities. Yes. But I just wanted to point that yes. out, uh, that he he's at least concerned. And he's reaching across the aisle, so Absolutely. to speak. Uh, we have a state representative down in Mariana by mm-hmm. the name of Reginald Murdoch, who's mm-hmm. a Democrat. Uh, but he and, and Governor Hutchinson has worked very well together for a variety of things right. that impacts all the people of the Absolutely. state of Arkansas, including school waivers and things of that mm-hmm. nature that uh, creates new opportunities in our schools. Yes, sir. Because uh, we've got to do something to make sure that people are properly educated. That's correct. That's so they can correct. be fully functional in That's society correct. when they graduate. And so at this point, we're, we're about out of time. And so what I want to do is uh, give you an opportunity to kind of close us out uh, with your final remarks as to, and, and I guess encourage people to assist with the coalition. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I would say first and foremost for anyone, like what we started out, that do your own research. Don't allow anybody, don't let me make up your mind for you. Don't, don't allow your neighbor, your mom or your dad or your grandma or anyone else make up your mind for you about what you believe. Do your research and, and, and be sure of what you believe. And you can say, I believe this because. 
And so uh, that's what I would encourage people, first of all, to do and to not look to government as the solution. But you look, you can look to government as part of the resources that you will use to solve the problems in your community. What we need in our communities, again, is people who care about their community, love their community and are willing to do what it takes to have the type of community that they desire to have, not looking for a government program to come in and run that community because anything government has strings attached to it. Absolutely. You know, we know that. So yeah. I would say that all those problems, whatever, they, those are also opportunities. Right. And many times opportunities and advancements hide themselves under the cloak of a problem. And so we have to be willing to unmask that thing, to uh, pull the cover off and see that that's an opportunity. And uh, we at the African American Coalition of Arkansas, we are also here to be a resource. And, and, and let me say this, James. We are open to membership from anybody, you know, right. really, right. uh, because we have a lot of uh, Caucasian people that are right. part of the coalition. So it's not, again, name that is exclusive from that standpoint. I understand. And as we work, it doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican. Once the election's over, we got to work for the community. Right. You know, right. Uh, if you are a... Uh, a Democrat representative, it really doesn't matter to me. Let's work together for the people. Right. And so I have a lot of friends that are Democrats. Uh, the area that I live in, my, my representative uh, is a Democrat and my state senator is a Democrat, whom I love very much. And we, we work together on issues. So it's not right. about being partisan. Right. Because you make up one say, you do your research, you make up your mind, you see where you fit both best. If what they say align with your beliefs or if what you found out aligns with your beliefs. So I appreciate the opportunity to be on the uh, radio with you and for Mr. Mundy for getting in contact with me and, and, and hooking us up here. And I'm thankful for uh, all that's going on. So I say let's move forward um, and, and just make our communities prosperous again. Well, I certainly appreciate this opportunity. I'm glad you yes, came sir. in to talk with me. Uh, I've learned some things in, in listening to you, and I certainly encourage you to continue with the work that yes. you're doing uh, because I want all people in, in the state of Arkansas and in our listening audience in general, uh, whether it's in Mississippi or Tennessee, uh, to be able to benefit from things working well Absolutely. and from people solving problems. Mm -hmm. And if we can do that, I think it would be better for everybody. Yes, sir. And with that, I'm James Valley with News, Views, and Looking at the Law. We'll see you on the radio next Saturday.